one car, two drivers, three wheels, 34 days, 3,500 miles around India. This is the Trans India Challenge podcast. Welcome to the Trans India Challenge podcast episode 11. My name's Peter Brill. I'm a member of the Trans India Challenge team. Joining me as always, David Campbell, our film director. And uh, for those that haven't heard previous 10 episodes, Trans India Challenge, a 3,500 mile road trip around India in a Morgan three-wheeler. The British husband and wife couple, uh, Alan and Pat Braithwaite, who are the main drivers, are now at the end of leg three, with one leg remaining. So we're in Delhi. We have just one leg to go to get us back to Mumbai. David, there's been an awful lot going on in leg three. Uh, After we left Patna, we've been to some of the most famous cities in India, Varanasi, Agra with the wonderful Taj Mahal. Uh, We're now in Delhi. Uh, We've had some amazing experiences there. From a film director's perspective, what have been the highlights? How has it been? Leg three has definitely been my favourite part of this event. It's been absolutely fantastic. The the material that I've got, especially in Varanasi and uh, Agra with the Taj Mahal, uh, the footage they've got, the imagery that we've got is just amazing. And each of them affected us emotionally in, in different ways, but very, very strongly. And uh, certainly from making it from a documentary filmmaker's point perspective, emotion and the power that hopefully that we can portray from those places and the, the emotional reactions that we had to those places uh, will come through. It's very, very rich material. And emotion really is, is very much part of it. And I guess... From uh, as a documentary maker, it's the emotion that makes the story. It's the emotion that makes the story and people's reactions. I mean, we've discussed this, Peter, haven't we? We all reacted to everything in very different ways. I can portray imagery like that in hopefully a neutral fashion and people will make up their own minds and people will react to it all differently. Taj Mahal is one of the one, seven wonders of the world, I think. And I've seen it a thousand times on television. I've seen it a thousand times in photographs and all the rest of it. And I was totally caught unawares. I walked through the gate to be faced with the Taj Mahal for the first time. And I almost burst into tears. It just, it just took my breath away. And I was not expecting that reaction. I hope that comes across in, in the documentary. Alan and Pat had a wonderful time. And in fact, it was a day after Donald Trump and, and his wife Melania had been to the Taj, they walked around it alone. Obviously, there were a lot of people around where we were, but they still managed to gain a tremendous experience out of the Taj, and I talked to them about how they had felt about it. Every time I see it, it takes my breath away. Absolutely. It is just amazing. The coloration of it, although it's white, you think it's white, it's actually made up of a variety of different coloured whites, um, it's just so beautiful and in the, lay, the inlay and so on of all the, uh, the pre- semi-precious stones are amazing, wonderful patterns and so on. Um, no, it is just perfect. It's so serene and, and pure. It's delightful to be there. And Alan, again, for you, you've seen it before, but, you know, each time does it do different things? Uh, yeah, it's astonishing and, and there were things that, 
picked out today that I hadn't either seen or recollected from the previous visit. It's an astonishing space. Actually, we're very lucky there were relatively few people there. But India is is a remarkably spiritual place. It's a cheerful place. It's the experience we've had, unconditional acts of kindness, which I think is probably the greatest tribute to a humanity and society, regardless of the faith you're in. And that seems to just abound in in India. Mm. And and I think that's what just knocks me out about the place. It's it's and 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 Pat and I both we we love all these people. So the most wonderful interact. We're a huge group of girls from Mangalore on a, on a trip to the Taj, and then little families, and we had chats to them and took photos. And 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 actually, that's part of the spirituality of the thing. Is is just that you would never get such a good-natured crowd anywhere in Europe and, and and it's just a different culture and 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 that's what's spiritual about it because it it recognizes people as people one of the things that perhaps was emotional for Alan and Pat Braithwaite particularly Alan was a visit to 24 Akbar Road and this was uh, the house in which his grandfather uh, and grandmother lived, uh, his grandfather being a very senior member of the British Civil Service uh, back in those days. And we were lucky enough to have the opportunity to visit the house itself. And as Alan takes up the story, um, it was quite an experience for him. We wanted to take the car uh, and do a drive-by of 24 Akbar Road. Uh, which is where Grandpa lived, and we've just been looking at the diaries, and we figured out it was 40 to 44, so it was all 39 to 44 at some point. It's 1939 to 44. And um, because we have uh, pictures of my brother playing on the lawn, and uh, Pramod had worked his magic, and actually we went in, and we were shown the house, and we saw the garden, and I walked on the lawn where Richard played, and I have to say, it was a very emotional moment to be where they'd been, see the house and get a sense of um, the life that they experienced. And the house is virtually unchanged. The people that occupy it now are, um, uh, they built on the back, but you can see the servants' quarters at the back. Uh, they've extended the house a bit, but uh, the basic house, identical to when grandpa lived there with my mother, and then eventually my granny got back to um, uh, from the UK because, of course, travel was hugely restricted by the war. And you also discovered that the house has had some fairly famous uh, inhabitants other than your grandfather. Yeah, Aung San Suu Kyi lived there. Um, I'm not quite sure of the dates, but it was when she was in exile and uh, she was studying in Delhi and that's where she lived. I don't know the circumstances of that. We'll look it up and find out. But, uh, um, of course, my parents had a Burma connection because that's where they were living and working before the war broke out and the Japanese came through. So, so um, that, was a, that was a nice connection. But I have to say, uh, we were welcomed in. It's an office building now. We're given tea, shown around. They were all thrilled to see us. Met an amazing lady who's very interested in the fashion industry. So we've been able to connect her to Gunge. So it's wonderful if you set out and you put yourself 
out in places in India you meet people and you make connections and and you forge links and that's going to be a really valuable connection for Gunj um, and and a really interesting connection for us for the um, circular economy project so it was fantastic when you drove through those gates having seen those photographs of your brother many many years ago when you drove through those gates what were your thoughts oh well I, I've cried it was just emotional that's all you can say um, uh, you know it's a once in a lifetime experience and uh, yeah, just just to be welcomed in so we had the same experience when we found that house where mum was born and we were welcomed in and given tea there too so um, so nice to get back to the heritage and, and much more interesting than London <laughs> and a conversation with your brother will no doubt ensue I've sent him the pictures already on the email and doubtless I shall get a message um, and uh, he'll enjoy that and when we get home we've got to find the movie uh, and um, uh, we'll build that into the documentary as well David, you were there to capture the emotion of that. Uh, again, from a documentary perspective, although this is about a road trip predominantly, so much of this is about the heritage and the backstory. How intensely can you weave that into the documentary? There's so many layers uh, to this documentary. You've got the road trip, you've got the work with goons, you've got Alan's views on sustainability and circular economy and uh, microeconomics and microinterventions in villages and how we can help um, development in disadvantaged communities. All of this has got to be weaved into this documentary somehow. Meanwhile, you've also got Alan's heritage, his family, uh, his parents and his grandparents have this amazing rich history with India. I mean, Alan keeps complaining that he was born in London and it's very boring because the rest of his family seem to appear to have come from come out of India uh, and they have these amazing connections. And Alan feels those connections very, very strongly. And that's part of the reason why we're here and I've got to somehow work, work that in. But today, watching Alan's reaction as he walked into his granddad's uh, house uh, was amazing. It's documentary gold. Um, this this whole trip just keeps giving and giving and giving these moments of amazing intensity and amazing emotional power. This guy is on a journey, a journey of discovery, a journey of self-discovery, a journey of discovery about his family roots in India. And today that really came home, that this roots business, you know, everybody likes to think they come from somewhere. Everybody believes they belong to somewhere. And a large part of Alan's psyche believes he belongs in, he comes from India. And I can't knock that. It's, a, it's an amazing feeling. And to watch him uh, react to things in such unexpected ways and with, unex with unexpected power in the emotion. Um, you know, I saw this is a 73 year old bloke, a big bloke. You know, he's, he's huge and he's got a very powerful personality. And to see him burst into tears like he did today was really something mm. else we just it, didn't expect it. I found it very emotional yeah, too I mean yeah. when you come back to your roots wherever you are I think it's a very emotional experience we can't finish this podcast without um, going back to the issues that you mentioned with the Queen Bee with the car uh, sadly she has uh, had her buzz taken away or had her buzz taken away again 
uh, for different reasons this time. Last time it was um, a transmission problem, unfortunately this time it was a fuel problem. Um, and one of the challenges we face in India is, is the fact that the quality of fuel is, is different from the UK and, and in many cases not so good or so clean and that has caused uh, various issues. We believe we've got it fixed, we think we're back up and running. Uh, but uh, I asked Alan uh, his thoughts on this and I had talked to him about how the sequence of events had happened. We uh, had a wonderful team that did a bit of juggard, uh, which is a new word for me, that means Indian improvisation, on, on the fuel pump. And we set off, but we didn't get very far. We got about 50k from Agra before the car packed up. So in the end we towed. Uh, all the way to Delhi from Agra or the outskirts of Delhi where we picked up a flatbed and loaded it the rest of the way. So I did about uh, 100 miles, um, six foot behind a car doing about 50 miles an hour maximum, which was pretty scary. So by the time we had to load the car, it was dark, then we had to get it in the hotel, then we had a huge negotiation about where it was going to be repaired wonderful man called Anil uh, who um, took the job on uh, we ordered the part from Morgan but we had done that already but clearly our fix had been wrong so we lost a day or we have lost a day in 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 Delhi We're fiddling around trying to get sorted um, the car is fixed and running uh, the engine mapping seems to be remapping itself uh, it's a little bit lumpy in low revs. Um, we're thinking it probably needs some decent fuel in it and a bit of a go on the open road. Fingers crossed, that's all you can say, Peter. That's uh, what we think. So that's about it for this episode of Transindia Challenge podcast. Uh, we are going to be talking much more about Goonge, the NGO for whom we are uh, looking to target some £200,000 of funding, that's about 1.8 crore rupees. We'll be talking to them more as we head for the final destination of Mumbai and the end of this incredible challenge. As always, you can follow us uh, on social media at Transindia Challenge for Facebook and Instagram at Transindia Chal on Twitter. If you want to contribute and help us to reach that amazing target, and we are now well over £75,000 uh, in funding, uh, you can uh, visit the challenge website www.transindiachallenge.com and uh, you can also go to Give Asia and search for Trans India Challenge on that. And finally, you can listen to previous podcasts on Anchor FM as well as on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public and many others. So search for Trans India Challenge or The Trans India Challenge. My name's Peter Brill. I've been joined, as always, by film director David Campbell. If you've been listening to the podcast and have got to this point, thanks, as always, for joining us. We will be back. We're on to leg four. We're heading for home. It's going to be uh, some scenes in Mumbai when we arrive, but we'll be talking to you before then. Uh, and in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode of the Trans India Challenge podcast.